today's episode comes with a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, I'm going to talk about 9-11, September 11th, 2001. Somebody asked me about my experience, and I thought it'd be easier for me just to talk through it than to type everything out, because it was an eventful day, not just for me, but for the world, obviously. But um, just so you know. So I lived in Brooklyn in a place called the East Williamsburg Industrial Park. Um, nowadays, everybody, you've heard of uh, Williamsburg, probably. It's like hipster capital, central, central capital, whatever. Uh, you, you take the, uh, the, the L train over from, you get over there, and we're in Williamsburg. And uh, But at the time, I lived in East Williamsburg, which was... Uh, factories and stuff. The building I lived in, it was an, an illegal loft, which is fun. Um, across the street was the, where they put all the dump trucks for the night. That's where they slept, the dump trucks. Uh, the garbage trucks, I want to be specific. Because dump trucks, they don't smell that bad. Garbage trucks smell horrific and bring along uh, a lot of uh, vermin, a lot of rats. Um, also in my neighborhood, and maybe I'll go more into depth about this another time, but there were packs of, of wild dogs that would just roam the streets, and um, it was and and people would go to this neighborhood to set cars on fire. It was it was a wasteland. It was a terrifying place, but it was also kind of magical. The the apartment that we had, um, but just in an old building. It was raw. We built our space out. And, and, and I had you know, two stories cause, that I built because the ceilings were so high and my office was on the second and I, I had a slide, a spiral slide that, uh, that came down from the top to the bottom and it was neat. Um, but that's where I was. I was in East Williamsburg. Um, and the morning that it happened, uh, my roommate kind of came and grabbed me and he's like, hey, come up to the roof. Something, something weird's happening. And, uh, so I ran up and, uh, you know, I, the first tower was, was, uh, already smoking and everything. And, uh, it was just like, well, this is, this is weird. I'm going to run back downstairs and we turned the TV on and I grabbed my uh, camcorder and I ran back upstairs and we were all standing up there and there's a crowd of people, uh, on the, on the roof at that point and we're all watching and I'm filming and um, cause at the time I worked at the, the New York times and um, in the, the photos and graphics division. And I was like, and I really, honestly, I didn't think anything crazy. Like, I don't even know if I knew what happened to the first tower at that, that point. I just saw, oh, there's a fire in the world trade center. This is, that's great. Look at this. Look at that smoke. Wow. Um, and didn't even really think about people being hurt and everything. Cause it was just like, you know, fires happen in New York City and skyscrapers. It's it's certainly scary and precarious, but I think it's going to be. Oh my God! The sec second tower. There's a, there's a, got just got hit, and I was filming. And so then at that point, that's when uh, your whole body just kind of it's a shudder. It it was just a chill, like a a gut feeling. Um, my now wife, uh, then girlfriend, worked in the city in Manhattan um, on Spring Street, and uh, that's if you need a, a a location. It's 
kind of it's it's southern Manhattan, so it's it's not very far from uh, all the shenanigans, all the badness. And uh, so first thought was, how do I get in touch with her? And I start calling and calling and calling, and I can't get her. Uh, at the time, we had two very close friends living in the city very near to me, uh, and I, I, had a, I had a truck that I would zoom around in. His name was Gomez, Go-Go Gomez, and a uh, silver truck. And so I called the friend, and I was like, are you seeing this? Do you, what, what, uh, I'm coming over, and drove over, and uh, his, his girlfriend uh, also worked in Manhattan, So now it's the two of us and we're trying to get in touch with to find uh, these people, uh, uh, these close people of ours that are in the city. And you're it's it's it it was a real moment of like, you know, you you have to think about what's happening. You have to process what's happening. But you also have to, like, figure out how to get your uh, people safe, the people you love safe. And I don't really and, and and cell phones were basically non-existent. Like it, it was, the 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 system was down. The traffic was everywhere. There's cars gridlocked. There's people uh, just in the streets. Um, and eventually, we found uh, his girlfriend. And I don't remember how that happened. Uh, but we we found her, and we got her in the car. And then um, we went to the Manhattan Bridge. I think it was the Manhattan and not the Brooklyn. I think it was the Manhattan Bridge. But there were just uh, just droves of people coming across the bridge. And, uh, you know, we ca- I kept trying to text and call and everything. And this was – I had a, a Nokia uh, – wait, did I, have a, did I have a Razor? These crazy old phones. Now I think it was it was this Nokia, and it was called like it was like a candy bar, and it was this little plastic phone, and it was uh, bright yellow, and I think the back had fallen off, uh, and uh, it, it was it was it was great because it just kept going, it kept doing it, but it was it was it was a, it was a little bit of a wreck that phone, but I think I finally managed to, to text her. You know, like, uh, have friends in truck, uh, base of bridge, we'll wait, we'll, we'll find you, whatever. And, but it was a tense few hours, you know? And so we finally found uh, her, and then we're all in the truck, and we were all starving, because it was later in the day at that point, and we ate, I feel like we ate at McDonald's. And it was a weird thing, because that's not really someplace we ate, but it was, it felt very... Um, for lack of a better term, jingoistic. Like we, it made us feel like America. Like, oh, what's happening? We'll eat at McDonald's. That'll make things. It didn't make it better, but and and then uh, you're glued to the television, really, and and trying to take it all in and in contacting relatives who aren't in the city and know you are in the city. Uh, that was another mad rush of people calling or texting. Are you okay? Is everything okay? No, it's not. I, um, as I said, I, so I worked at the New York Times and I couldn't get into the city that day because they closed off all the bridges and everything, the trains and everything shut down. Um, but when I finally was, I think it was the next day that I was able to get into the city 
And I was talking to somebody about this recently that I worked something like 35 straight days, like every single day. And these were long shifts too, because it, it just the amount of information, the amount of images and just everything that were coming through our pipeline to get out to other papers across the world was, was massive. And, um, I feel like the way I got into the city, if my brain is right, is I rode my bike up over the Queens, was it 50, 51st street bridge, 54th street, 57th street. There's a bridge up there that I went across. Yeah. It's the 59th street bridge, the Queensboro bridge, um, kind of near long Island city kind of over, I don't know, but it, I, that's what it is. So I was able to ride across on my bike and get to the times building and, uh, basically to stay there. And my experience is slightly different from a lot of people. Everyone's experience is different, obviously, but being in that building and being so tied to the news and all the images that are coming in, uh, and many images that couldn't be published or couldn't be sent out for print or anything, um, was intense and it really kind of, uh, messed my brain up because I'm seeing things that are truly horrific and, um, and also doing it every single day. It meant you didn't have a second to really kind of take a breath or bounce back or, uh, anything like that. And, um, yeah, it was just constantly being exposed to these things. Uh, speaking of exposed, and this is a really terrible thing um, in the city and this was for a while there was it, I mean it was basically smoke uh, but it felt like you know just smog or whatever but it was just this uh, pervasive uh, ever present um, just white-ish um, cloudy I don't know for, that was there for a while but much worse than that, even, was uh, the smell. The, uh, the burning, uh, you know, like uh, the electrical burning, just the uh, building uh, burning metal and glass and whatever. And uh, it, uh, that hung in the air for a long time. And... Uh, it's weird. I think it was like a week or two ago, there was a fire and it was probably like 10 miles from my house, eight, 10 miles, but it was an industrial fire. And it I was, I was walking to get the kid at school or something like that. And I got hit by this smell. And, you know, they, they always say that smell is one of the most powerful, uh, triggers of memory or whatever but man that smell hit me and I was I was right back and um that it was it was I don't know it's I don't know how you do but the way I I I I like to experience things and then sometimes I'll take a step back and I'll look at how I'm experiencing things and I'll try to figure out how I'm experiencing them and why I'm experiencing them in that way and maybe why my brain is thinking 
of X, Y, and Z and why Banjo loves to bark every time I'm doing a podcast. Like, these are just things that I think of, and that's okay. Um, but, yeah, it was 20 years ago, and it it, it still weighs heavily uh, on my heart and on my mind. And uh, every so often, depend like, you know, if I am thinking about something or whatever... Like, I can definitely still, I get uh, a little, get upset by the whole thing. You know, as I should. Uh, It was a terrible day. Um, It was a a day that I think a lot of stuff changed in the world, and not not for the better, certainly. Um, But that's for another day. Speaking of another day, really quick, I want to address the last podcast, I, I had a song. And uh, some people got, they were worried about me. They were like, are you okay? It sounds very sad. It sounds very ominous. And uh, it was not my intention. I was I was kind of trying to... I don't know if you've ever seen um, uh, the Willy Wonka movie, the first one, the original one. But there's a, there's a scene where uh, Wonka's on a, a boat kind of thing in the Chocolate River with all the kids. And he's singing this song... And it, it also is pretty ominous also, if I'm if I'm to be honest. But that was kind of like, I was trying to try to capture that in a way. And, and I made the song up on the spot. So there was no intentionality behind it. There was no like, I'm going to sit down and write out this sad, you know, skit, whatever. I, so I apologize if, it, if I made anyone uh, upset or worried. Um, and now we're doing this episode. Maybe next, I think next episode, let's get back to the fun. What do you think of that? I think that would be amazing. I would love that. It's October. It's Rocktober. Let's kick out the jams. Let's raise the roof. I mean, is this the Bumper Podcast or is this the Bumper Podcast? It is the Bumper Podcast. And you guys are my Bumper Podcasteers. And I want you all to take a minute today. Take a deep breath. Look at the sky, right? Or look at the mirror. Look at yourself. And, and just... Give yourself a hug because the world is a lot and you need to take care of yourself. Um, That's important. You're important and you need to take care of yourself. Okay. And if if you ever get, you know, uh, a little too, if if things are too banu, then, you know, send me an email and and I'll, I'll, I'll try. I like helping people. That's what I do. And, uh, and you guys help me every day by listening to this, and I appreciate it. And now, I'm going to go drink some tea, because that's what I do. That's what I do. The Bumper Podcast is an oftentimes hilarious weekly romp with Natty Bumpercar and some of his pals. It is family-friendly, clean, and ridiculous. Thanks a bundle for listening. If you love our show and you'd like to help support the podcast, check out our Patreon page at https colon forward slash forward slash www.patreon.com forward slash Natty Bumpercar. Also, pretty please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts share it with everyone everywhere, 
post about it on all of the social medias, or leave a rating and review. The Bumper Podcast is produced at headquarters in Coffee Can Alley. It's recorded, mixed, and produced by producer. The Bumper Podcast features contributions from Aloysius J. Pig, Rufus T. Rufus, Doodle Poodle, Robot, Trunks, and a gaggle of other silly rascals. Our head talker is probably Natty Bumpercar. We also have an absurd newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at nattybumpercar.com slash subscribe. Also, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Natty Bumpercar. Hugs and hearts. See you soon. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Thank <laughs> you.